All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to take two of episode nine of the Curious Baseball podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Plotsky. With me always, my fantastic co-host, Trevor Mitchell Wyatt. Um, uh, this is indeed take two. Um, take one was probably about two months ago. More uh, than that. Before... Take one was in June. Oh, I thought it was in July. Um, we... It was before the baseball season not only started, it was before the baseball season had announced being started. Um, We were talking about whether or not a baseball season would even come to fruition and how stupid it would be if a baseball season did come to fruition. i got to say, about three months later, I'm kind of glad that it happened. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm glad, but at the same time, I, I don't know if... I still don't know if it was super ethical... Also, the protocols, Rob Mamprin being like, yeah, we thought the testing would pretty much cover all the protocols, and it's like, you fucking idiot. Like, multiple outbreaks, to recap, multiple outbreaks between the Miami Marlins, between the St. Louis Cardinals, and which both Cleveland teams... Indians. Well, yeah. Yeah, that, that was a whole other situation. Which, yeah. Clevenger's a fucking moron. Uh, Same with Zach, please, Zach. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, we had a 60-game season, fairly successful season. Once the season started dying down, uh, I guess people really got the memo and were like, oh, crap, I guess like we should start playing baseball and stop going out and partying and probably getting COVID. And so the, the amount of positive tests near the end of the season were dying down, which is a very good thing, but... During the beginning of the season, it was really rough. There were a lot of talks about having to cancel the season, especially when that Marlins thing happened and half their team just went on the IL because they had COVID. Still made the postseason, though. They still made the postseason, and they swept the Orioles that series, I think. Well. (laughs) It happened. Yeah, it happened. We'll talk about the Orioles later in the episode, but, I mean... Some really, really amazing things happened in this season. Obviously, it's a shortened season, so people are going to take, you know, batting average records and all that stuff with a grain of salt. But you had some really, really solid performances and really, really great performances from, one, people you would expect to have good performances, and two, people you would absolutely 100% not expect to have good performances from. Yeah. Hundred percent. I mean, like fucking. Well, what do we want to? What do we want to start with today? Do we want to start with surprises, or do we want to start with like our, our voting picks? Because we're we're. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, all and them, all all fucking four of you that listen to this shit. You're gonna hear our picks for awards, for postseason, for. Well, uh, do we even comeback player of the year? I don't even give a shit about that. Uh, I didn't do comeback player of the year, but I mean, I've got a good idea for. I whatever. Yeah, I, I think National League should be Will Myers. That's that's all. I'm yeah, say. Will Myers played great this season. The San Diego Padres played great this season. Uh, I mean, obviously Fernando Tatis is a huge part of that. Yeah. But they, you know, their pitching came together. Um, their hitting came together. They fielded. They fielded. Um, <laughs> uh, they still have trouble on the fielding side of the ball. But again, 
kicks things a long ball, and the Padres were on fire. Eric Hosmer just a fucking... Eric Hosmer played well. For for the National League, I can definitely see Will Myers being an all-comeback player of the year. I mean, there are so many options for the American League, too. The first person that comes to my mind is, like, Jose Iglesias, who went from the completely swift fielding, no-hitting shortstop to hitting, like, 330 with a wins from created plus of 125. When I don't ever think we'll start over because I was wrong about Jose Iglesias. He did not have a wins run created plus of 125. He had a wins run created plus of fucking 160. (laughs) What? 160. I don't. Was he not qualified? Because I don't see him on the leaderboard. And so he wasn't a qualified hitter this year. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, there's just no fucking. Because if you have a WRC plus of 160, like, you should be way up there. But yeah, okay. That makes more sense. All right, so let's let, let let's get going with our um, with our picks for MVP. Sh- Cy, Cy Young, Young rookie, of the year. rookie of the year. Are we? Do we want to do reliever of the year? I mean, I I've it's reliever of the year. I think this year is super easy, but yeah, I mean, you can go ahead and say your picks because I'll probably agree with them. Well, let's 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 hold off. Let's hold off. Okay. Let's let's okay. go. Let's let's do our top top three picks MVP. Um, do you have, or just do you just have one? I just have one. Oh, that's I fine. Mean, you have. I, I'll I'll say a couple of other options. Like in the NL, Marcelo Zuna was on fire this year. Um, played great. I didn't I didn't choose him for MVP. And uh, probably person that came in second for me. I don't think he played enough games for me to really think see him as an MVP. Even though he had an absolutely monster season, was Juan Soto. Yeah, no, he, I, well, he, he, yeah, he qualified for, well, he won the batting title, but he mm-hmm. had, yeah, he just missed too much time, because he played yeah. 47 games. He, he and, missed, like, 25% of his team's games, basically. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, mean, he, he only played 47 out of 60. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, it's, had he played a full season, though, oh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's Juan sure Soto, thing. no fucking question. Dude, at 200 WRC plus and an on-base <laughs> percentage of 45, just fucking madness. Is, that's just insane. He's, he's the best hitter in the game, no question. Yeah, and, I mean, you had other options. You had, you know, Mookie Betts had a really good season. Uh, you know, all, all those players that had really good seasons. But, I mean, I think we probably have the same NL MVP winner. Uh, well, throw throw the name out. We'll see. I put Freddie Freeman. Mm. I put all right. I put Tatis because okay. because well, okay. So Freeman, if you're comparing the hitting, Freeman, yeah, the 187 WRC plus, and Fernando Tatis cooled off a little bit. He was around there, but he cooled yeah. off to 149. He picked it back up the last few games, but I will say so. Fernando Tatis last year was he played only ha- he only played half a season still really good but by outs above average was the worst defensive player in baseball this year I believe as of a few days ago he was tied for the most positive outs above average in baseball at a premium position in shortstop so I will take the lesser hitter in a way uh, yeah. The lesser hitter, with playing great defense, 
at a premium position over the slugging first baseman. Although he was a much better hitter, I think. It, and that's not to say that I mean Freddie Freeman's a great fielder too, multiple time Gold Glove winner, well, that, no, positive outcome of average I think this year. Hopefully, um, <laughs> uh, I you know. I've always really liked Freddie Freeman. It was nice to see him succeed in a great way this year. Like, yeah. he was on it this year. I don't really think, like, you're right. Tatis had a stretch where he was untouchable, on fire, and then slowed down towards the end of the season. Freddie Freeman was just consistently great throughout the season. Yeah. And so it's a look of do we take those beginning stats with a grain of salt and then look at the overall picture or do we see those beginning stats at the beginning of the year were so incredible that nobody can ignore them i just went with not i I don't want to say consistency because even when fernando tatis was not uh was was not playing well he was not playing poorly he was still a good baseball player he was still a great baseball player yeah he was I, i just think freddie freeman was consistently a little better over the entire season Uh, not to mention i mean there definitely is a story of like freeman thinking like he himself thinking that he was gonna die from covid because his lungs Mm -hmm. were on fire and he couldn't breathe and then all of a sudden he's a fucking potential mvp winner is just fucking insane so i both have a little bit of a narrative and then plus Tatis being on San Diego and everybody loves the Padres now and you know everybody wants to see him succeed that versus but I also think Freeman has been like a sleeper MVP candidate for so long and everybody's wanted him to win plus the whole COVID thing it's just it's so I don't know it's like it's it's gonna end up being like a battle of narrative I feel like which is so which is so irritating both will pull MVP votes oh 100% um there will probably be a couple of people that pull MVP votes. I'm sure Freeman and Tatis will probably finish one and two. With Betts third. Although... With Betts, Betts third. Um, I mean, there there were a lot of good hits. So I'd, Soto's probably going to pull some votes, even though he didn't play as many Yeah, games. I could see him pulling some like fifth or sixth place votes. I mean, Machado mm-hmm. is up there as well, which Machado is just... Machado played really well, especially at the beginning of the season. Machado, I mean... You're right. You have all these great players across basically every every single part of the National League now. You've got you know great players in the National League West with the Dodgers and the Padres. National League East, you've got. I mean, the Braves are insane, and <laughs> the Marlins somehow are the Marlins. Yeah, just jeez. And the thing and is, too. And <laughs> And the pro is not necessarily, I guess, not necessarily a pro. Well, a problem with the 60 game season, though, is you don't. Like, if you look at the war leaderboards, no matter what the site, everyone was in the mark. Like, the top three guys are all well mm-hmm. within the margin like, of error because it's 60 games. It's not a full season, so you can't allow for one guy to be, like, a win above everybody else and make it a more clear choice. Not that war is the determining factor, of course, no, but, like, no. it just it paints a little bit of a clearer picture. Although but, I do think all except one of my picks actually ended up being the leaders in Fangraphs War this year, uh, <laughs> it'll be it'll be interesting to see if I I did not look at Fangraphs War at all. You know that I don't ever. Look yeah, at well, we, we no, we don't. 
Yeah, I know. We we this is a baseball reference war erasure podcast. <laughs> Everything else about baseball reference mwah, is perfect. Is great. Love it. Just the play not index war calculations. Yeah, play index incredible, but the war calculations are just bullshit. And this is a fan graphs war and baseball prospectus war, which I don't Okay, I don't know whether to call it B war or R war. I'm just going to say P war, prospectus I say P war. war. Yeah, prospectus war. Because um, baseball reference war used to be B war, but now it's R war for reference war, and now prospectus is B war. I don't know. I'm just gonna say P war. No, I still I still call baseball reference B war. Yeah, um, I don't I don't like R war. R war just sounds stupid. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I mean they uh, all kind of sound dumb, but whatever. So does F war. Shut up. <laughs> um, no. Um, all right, American yeah. League MVP. Let's okay, let's, so let's hear who you got. Okay, so give me some of your since I said you know some of the the potential candidates for the American League. Give me some of your people that were potential ML or AL MVP candidate. Well, I'm all right. I'm gonna go. Well, to, it it was at first it was a race for me between Abreu, Anderson, and. Uh, Jose Ramirez, but mm-hmm. in the last like week and a half of the season, uh, Anderson fell off, Abreu fell off a little bit, along with just the White Sox in general, uh, and Jose Ramirez to me is the clear definitive winner, just like by a long shot, because not only was he consistent all year that last week and a half, which is definitely recency bias, but he put himself above everyone else, so I'm going to go with my top three is one Jose Ramirez absolutely deserves the MVP. I'm going to put two Jose Abreu and then I'm going to do three uh, Mike Trout because it's Mike Trout and Mike Trout always deserves to be in the top three because Mike Trout is a fucking God. Um, I also had Jose Ramirez as my AL MVP pick. There we go. Um, Love to see it. I, I probably would have put Tim Anderson third. Um, That's fair. But I understand because Mike Trout is Mike Trout. Mike Trout can't do Mike Trout things in a sixty-game season, but uh, he still did though. It, but he still he still is clearly the best player in baseball. That's the crazy thing. He is still clearly one hundred percent, definitively the best player in baseball. With a shortened season, you just don't see that. And so I don't think I had him in my top three. I think I had what you said one. Jose Ramirez, two, Jose Abreu, three, Tim Anderson. Um, Yeah, that, I mean, I thought that was pretty clear cut. I understand Mike Trout getting your third place vote because it's a pity vote, and Mike Trout deserves pity right now for being on the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, Rendon also played really well this year. He did. He did. Uh, And that was He'll probably get a couple fifth or sixth place votes this year, uh, or some fourth place votes. Um, I mean, you had you had really, really, really good players all around uh, the American League this year. Yeah, it it's just fucking. <sighs> yeah, it's 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 a tough one. I mean, I I well, I don't think it's a tough one, but it's no, definitely the, the number one's definitely not tough. Second and third place is where you start getting into, you know, who who do we give money to in arbitration hearings? Mike and Trump that's the really such the, yeah no he doesn't here. and that's the so mm, it's so fucking stupid why that's all determined by like arbitration it's it's so not 
no pun intended. Arbitration is so fucking arbitrary because it doesn't, they don't know, because you're asking a third party who knows nothing for the most part to evaluate baseball stats, and it's not really fair. Yep. It's not fair at all. Like, oh, oh, this guy got an MVP vote. It's like fucking, who got MVP vote? Like, who was it last year? I'm pretty, Adam Pham got an MVP vote. Adam Jones got like a top <laughs> 10 MVP vote either last year or the year before. And it's like, no. Like, there's no, it's just, it's so, because after the top three, it's just so fucking stupid, and it's just basically pity votes, and for the most part. And it's there, just, was, there was one stupid, oh, Kevin Pillar. Yeah, that's who it was. That's who it was. <laughs> Big team I was like, leader. One just absolutely fucking stupid MVP vote yeah. last year. Ba- it was big Kevin ally Pilar. of the LGBTQ plus community. That guy just is a fucking asshole. Yeah. What? <sighs> um, a lot of those right. in major league baseball. I, I didn't do top three, um, but I could probably say a couple of people that I was thinking of for National League Rookie of the Year. Um, right. National League Rookie of the Year. I kind of just had one guy in mind. Oh God! Well, all right. Who lay it on? Who is it? So my American League Rookie of the Year was Kyle Lewis. Yeah, I I, I had that too. I'm not. Um, they, like, there wasn't a lot. There aren't a lot of rookies in the AL this year. Um, people are. I mean, you had like Ryan Mountcastle come up, but he only played 20 games. Yeah. He was on fire for the Orioles the later half of the season. Um, why they didn't call him up earlier will. We'll never know. <laughs> uh, um, service time. Yeah, service time uh, manipulation. Love it. Yeah. But, I mean, there weren't that many AL rookies that... Uh, we should preface this Rookie of the Year thing by saying people who win Rookie of the Year will not be eligible, but rookies will have an extra year, basically, to earn Rookie of the Year. Uh, everybody that was a rookie this year will be eligible to earn Rookie of the Year next year if they don't win Rookie of the Year this year. Yeah. So, shout out to Ben Simmons. Um, I know this is a baseball podcast, but uh, two-time Rookie of the Year. Let's go. Uh, Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. (laughs) uh, The NL Rookie of the Year, a little closer race, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know who you put, but, I mean, I was just off the top of my head, some of the players, Al Cole for the Phillies, played great this year. Uh, Hayes on the Pittsburgh Pirates, Brian Hayes. Yeah. Uh, really, really good season. Um, only 95 plate appearances, though. That's yeah, the, yeah, like, there's exactly. no chance. So, he was far I, and above everybody else, but there's no chance because he only yeah. played 24 games. So I actually had a pitcher for my National League Rookie of the Year. Did you also have a pitcher for your National League Rookie of the Year? Yes, sir. And I, I think I know who it is. Did this person play in the National League West? Oh, what? No. Who? I had Tony Gonzalez as my. Oh no! What? (laughs) No. Why? I mean, he played. He he played well above average. Um, Oh. What? He was on. He was on a very good team. So he got. I I bet if you go look, he's leading in in F four for rookies this year. Yeah, for pitchers. (laughs) But the thing is. My pick, Devin Williams, is close like is Williams within too. the margin of error to him and has half the innings. So this is this is bullshit Brewers erasure. <laughs> this is this is fucking base. Um, you are not gonna like my playoff seating. <laughs> well, yeah, well the Brewers are the worst team in the National League to make it. 
And as I as I tweeted out on the Twitter, um, had the Brewers not been so fucking cheap and just re-signed Pomeranz and re-signed Grandal, mm-hmm. like their situation is. Grandal Grandal made that team last year. They needed a catcher that could call a game and hit a ball. They did. I mean, I don't even know who their catcher is this year. Um, uh, Omar Narvaez and yeah. Manny Pena, and Manny Pena was, I believe, hurt like half the year. So, uh, Omar Narvaez is a perfectly capable catcher. No, he he's is not. not. He is not. He is Monty Grandal. No, he's. He's he's not the thing was last year he hit and they're like oh well maybe he'll hit again his expected stats were all below 40th percentile for his hitting and it's like no like you don't he's a terrible you go from one of the best framers and the best pitch callers and one of the and the top three offensive catchers in the game to a guy who well outplayed his expectation his expected stats his expected slugging and his ex woba and all that shit. And then a terrible framer and terrible pitch caller. Like, why do you do that? Like, imagine how much better guys could... Yeah, I know it's money. <laughs> Mark Antanasio, you cheap fuck. I... I have... Yeah, I, it's just... The Brewers getting in this year is just... Whatever, we'll, we'll go over that later. But <laughs> this... I completely disagree. Let's hear the rest of your top three. I don't... And before I go off on my little I mean, tangent, I I, I had Williams as my number two. Okay, well, who's your um, number three? I probably would have put uh, Hayes as my number three. Hayes or Bohm, one of the two. Um, you can't have three pitchers as an NL Rookie of the Year candidates. Come on. Um, well, who would have been but, your? Oh well, whatever. I don't know. Doesn't matter. No, uh, I'm gonna be honest. I mean. A.L. Cy Young, there's really only one name for me that I immediately thought of. Well, hold, hold your horses there, sir. I got to reveal my top three. Uh, Go ahead. One, Devin Williams, obviously. Two, <laughs> Jake Cronenworth. I like Jake Cronenworth a lot. And then three like. is Tony Gonsolin with a <laughs> special mention to uh, <clears throat> to Brian Hayes because... He was just so much better, but he had he played had he played the full sixty games, mm-hmm. he would have been he, he would have been an MVP candidate had he kept up with that pace. But uh, that's that is my top three. I will not stand for anything else other than <laughs> Devin Williams, rookie of the year. Um, whatever. Anyway, AL Cy Young, go for okay. it. Okay. Did you have a top three for AL Cy Young? Uh, I did. I mean, number one is pretty obvious. Yeah, I think so too. But then again, nothing is pretty obvious on the show. Um, I went with Shane Bieber. Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> like literally the best pitcher on the planet this year, no question. Yeah, he he played great. Did... I didn't even look at at possible second and third place Cy Young winners in the American League because I knew like Shane Bieber is going to win the AL Cy Young. He should probably win it unanimously. Uh, yeah, um, I I agree with that. I think yeah, number two. Like the AL was a, a weird year. Yeah. Um, number Lance two, Lynn I had I had really well this year. I don't know how. Who? Lance Lynn. He pitched. struggled down the street. He still did mm-hmm. well, but he struggled, which kind of threw. He also threw way more innings than everyone else. He threw was, a lot of innings and was this year. still tenth in F four. I I actually was gonna go with. Um, Number two, Kenta Maeda, which okay. and, num- yeah. and number three, uh, no, actually number two, 
Fuck it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go number two Dylan Bundy and number three Lucas Giolito. Dylan That's... Bundy had an incredible start to his season. Everybody on Orioles Twitter was so sad every time Dylan Bundy made a start. And the, and because the, yeah. <laughs> and the, he just needed to he just needed to get out of Baltimore and then he needed to stop throwing his fucking four seamer right down the dick right that was it just get out of baltimore and stop throwing your four seamer down the dick and use your slider more that's it and that's what he did so it's just like it was such an obvious fix where it's like the orioles yet again fail to reconcile any sort of pitching from their minor league system and just it's just thankfully that I'm, I'm very thankful. We'll talk about the Orioles later in the episode because I am not leaving this podcast without talking about how low the Orioles' expectations were this year um, and what they did with it. But they thankfully, they've gotten a better minor league system. They're developing players really well. Um, they've, they've got a future. Um, but you're right. Dylan Bundy was one of those players, along with like Kevin Gaussman, who was just in an awful, awful situation in Baltimore for a long time, finally got out and is doing something. Kevin Gaussman has not made his opportunity yet, but he I had, think he had I a think, I mean, he had a great year. Yeah. He started uh, a little rough, but he had a great year to finish. But he hasn't really had that break. I wouldn't say he had a breakout year this year. He just had a, a good year, whereas Dylan Bundy went from, we don't know if he's going to be moved to the bullpen, as a long reliever for the rest of his career too. Okay, this is like somebody who was an AL Cy Young candidate this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Shane Bieber um, was was on the top of probably everybody's list this year. Oh yeah, no question. Um, NL Cy Young, you might be a little angry at me about. Uh, I did do a top three for NL Cy Young. Okay. So I, I... want to go row by row by row to see what you did. I'll say my third pick. You say your second pick. I'll say my first pick. My, f- my so my, like my, my number third. my number three. Um, mm-hmm. All right, this one. See, this one was a little tough for me. So I'm gonna go number. Oh, fuck, I'm gonna go number three. Oh shit, number. Oh, oh man. <laughs> see, the top three are all so close. To they me. really are. And um, I'm pretty sure we both have the same top three. Just in different order. Yeah. Um, fuck. Uh, all right. I'm going to go number three as Trevor Bauer. That's my number three as well. Um, okay. Go, go first off, I'm not going to give him a first place MVP vote ever. Sorry. Uh, Baseball Writers Association of America. You can take away my non-existent vote if you want me to. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, he pitched well. He pitched great. He pitched amazing, actually. But uh, <laughs> but he's on the Reds, and he's a racist, homophobic dick. So there's that. All right, my number two is Jacob Degrom. Oh, oh, <laughs> man. See, it was close. I put. It was. I put. I I really wanted. I oh fuck I don't know see I, I'm so torn because I really want you Darvish to win because I would just mm-hmm. I really feel like it would solidify 
him as like this comeback, like well worth the investment for the Cubs because he has. I mean, yeah, he had the rough and, first yeah, year and first half. He had half. a rough start with the Cubs whenever he signed with the Cubs, and then he's just you know been ungodly since. Yeah, like, he, since like I know wins or godly since, but he led the league. I'm pretty sure he led the league in wins this year. His fielding independent pitching was fifth in in the major leagues. Um, like his his. ERA plus was fantastic. I'm pretty sure he tops the charts in both B war and F war. Yes, he does. R war. I don't know. Um, he's a good pitcher, <laughs> and so I I put Darvish as number one one because I do think that uh, his stats were a little better. Granted, Jacob Degrom played a much harder uh, division. Yeah, his his strength of strength of play was awful. I mean, and his team is awful. Um, the Mets are awful. I don't know if he's going to stay there for the rest of his career. I really hope he doesn't. Um, well, I mean, he, he did sign that, that what was it, a five-year mm-hmm. extension, which kicks mm-hmm. in either, which kicked in either this year or next year, so um, you know, I think I just, I just hope he doesn't go to the Yankees eventually. Which apparently is just what all great pitchers do when they're like 38 years old. Yeah, but yeah. I, I had Darvish number one, and I had Degrom number two. Um, I hope Darvish wins this year too, mostly because I like I want this to be like a solidification of him being one of the best players in baseball, one of the best pitchers in baseball, because I think he is. Um, I've thought that for a long time. His strikeout rate is fucking ungodly for his career. Pretty sure he has the most strikeouts per nine of any player in Major League history ever. Um, or strikeout percentage, one of the two. I think it's strikeouts per nine. Um, yeah, it's like him, and then like an entire strikeout behind him is Chris Sale. Hmm. And so I mean, I, yeah, he's I, fucking good. Yeah, he came over from Japan. All that fun stuff, did good stuff, and then uh, was you know signed with the Cubs, and then did bad stuff, and now he's just now he's just playing baseball again, which is always good to see. Yeah, plus he pulled off on Twitter once, which is great. Well, yeah, I mean, I. <laughs> All that said, so Jacob DeGrom is still my number one. He had the best deserved runs allowed, according to baseball perspectives, in 2020, which accounts for quality of opponent, amongst other things. So I'm going to I'm gonna give it to DeGrom. Third straight Cy Young, solidify his Hall of Fame case. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, I agree uh, that he would, like, I don't have a problem with you putting number one. I agree that he's probably the best pitcher in the National League, if not... I won't say the best pitcher in baseball, but like right now, I think he's the number one pitcher in the National League, um, and he's he's great. He's a Hall of Famer. Um, he, you know, he's gonna have a Hall of Fame career. I, not to I mention think, him increasing his velocity and touching one hundred two point two. I don't even know how he did that. He increased his velocity like three miles per hour this year, like. Something uh, something insane. I saw the chart where it was just like straight line, down a little, down a little, down a little, up a little, down a little, and then just like 
shooting off into the atmosphere. I think he threw like a hundred three mile per hour pitch this year. One hundred two point two, which is like, in the trick pack, uh, the pitch tracking era. Only four have thrown one that fast. Like so. that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy, especially at his age to to have been down in velocity. I think he was averaging like. 95 or 94 last year and now he's averaging like 97 96 like yeah his his pitch velocity in 2016 was 94 2017 95.2 2018 96 2019 96.9 nice and then his average pitch velocity fastball velocity this year was 98.6 like that's crazy going up an entire two miles per hour and what is he he's 30 something right he is 32 years 32, old. That's what I thought. 32 years old. What, like, just fuck. Like, what the fuck? Not to mention, his slider velocity, his average slider is 92.5 miles per hour. His average changeup is 91.4, and his average curveball is 83.9. But I don't really count his curveball because he only he only throws he's only thrown it twenty times. He only throws like two curveballs a game. Yeah. So it doesn't. That doesn't really. I don't but you're about like that. that that pitch, I mean, you can look at you Darvish's and see the same thing. Although you Darvish has like what eleven pitches that he throws. Yeah, I think it's ten now. It's something stupid. Um, those are unhittable. Like, sure, a, a ninety-eight, almost ninety-nine mile per hour fastball is a very hard pitch to hit. Throw in a ninety mile per hour changeup, a ninety-two mile per hour slider, and like, it's just, wh- it's just. What are you going to do with that? All right, so I want to move on to probably my top three surprises this year. I didn't tell you that I was doing this, but... That's fine. My, my, my number three surprise this year was the Padres. People knew the Padres had a really good prospect system. People knew the Padres were going to be okay this year. I don't really think people knew the Padres were going to be what the Padres were. Like, the Padres were unstoppable at the beginning of the season. The only downfall that they had was themselves. I really think that if they got better pitching, I mean their pitching was good. Yeah, their bullpen was their bullpen pitching, was not as good as it was last year. Emilio, yes, Emilio Pagan yes. and Craig Stammen were I drew Pomeranz, I don't think allowed an earned run all year. Last time I looked he hadn't allowed an yeah. earned run. I don't think yeah. he did. Shouts to the Brewers for not fucking re-signing him, <laughs> dumbasses. Shout um, out to the Red Sox for fucking trading him. Well, to be fair, they yeah, I mean, yeah. they weren't in it. He was a reliever at that point. They didn't really need him. Um, yeah. But yeah, Drew Pomeranz, uh, Kirby Yates was he was Kirby hurt. Yates is incredible. What's his uh, Denison Lamont Lamont? Den- Denison Lamont was a Cy Young candidate. Um, yeah, yeah. The so they had. Yeah, Kirby Yates has been hurt all year. He only threw four and a third. He had to have season-ending surgery. Uh, Craig Stammen was a bit of a disappointment. He was not himself. Neither was Emilio Pagan. Um, but you had Trevor. They traded for Trevor Rosenthal, uh, Taylor Rogers. I really, like, I really, really like Trevor Rosenthal. Yeah. Uh, great catcher. Yeah. Uh, Dan Altavilla came over, did well. Um, just... Drew and yeah, whatever. Can't say yeah. enough about Drew Pomeranz. But it's just like they they had success from places that they 
didn't think they would. And then they had failures from places that didn't think they would either. Like Paddock was mm-hmm. not as good as he could have been, but Denilson met well more than made up for it. Zach Davies was good, which is just Eric Hosmer had an okay year this year. Eric Hosmer was just good. <laughs> like he 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 stopped hitting ground balls as much after four fucking years. <laughs> Two years on the Padres. Finally, he was like, hey, let's try this fly ball thing. And it's like, oh, my God, it works. Yeah, no shit. exit velocity thing that people have been talking about for the last three years? Well, the thing is, he always did it hard. It was just his average exit or his average launch angle last year was, I think, negative one. Yeah, like you can't do that. No, you you can't do that. Like, I get average isn't the best measure because, you know, whatever. But his average is awful. Yeah, but when your average launch angle is literally negative... Oh, 2018, negative 1.4. 2019, 2.1. 2020, 8.7. Uh, a higher sweep spot percentage. Um, he, he, higher he barrel like rate. He seeing the ball better this year. Yeah, 100%. And you just like it was like, oh, hey, wow, I should, maybe I should do this thing that literally everyone so obviously pointed out for the last four fucking years. And it's great. Uh, Will, Will Myers had, you know, a great year. Uh... Tommy Pham was hurt, but then Jake Cronenworth made up for his production. It's just Fernando Tatis going off. It's like uh, a lot. So much went right, and then getting two catcher, and then trading away Austin Hedges, mm-hmm. and then getting uh, Jason Castro. And, Jason Castro, uh, who, who, who I think is a really good fit for the team. Hedges is a is a good catcher. Um, I just don't know if he fit in with the San Diego system really well. I don't think that the pitchers really trusted him a lot. And so when they got Castro, somebody who I guess the pitchers felt more comfortable with, I think that allowed a lot more opportunities. Um, I, I say this awesome. as somebody that's, that's, yeah, that's been behind the plate. Um, it's really hard when your pitchers don't trust you. Oh, 100%. Like, that that is a relationship that you need to have and that's where the baseball game starts i mean you can have you can put up 10 runs a game you can hit three home runs a game you can have everybody on your team hitting 400 but if your pitchers don't trust your catchers or if your catchers don't trust your pitchers you're going to give up 15 runs and lose the game anyway yeah it's um and jason castro pulled what was i mean you had kirby yates who I think we both had on our ML, all MLB team last year. Yeah. Uh, great, great, great closer, great relief pitcher. He gets hurt. And so you have to have somebody in that situation pull that bullpen together, pull the rotation together and say, hey, even though we don't have the back end of our bullpen like we did last year, we can still make this work. Would Austin Hedges have been able to do that? I don't know. But Jason Castro did. Austin Nola too. Let's not let's not forget the the thirty year old who became a catcher late in his career because yeah. they the Seattle Mariners were like, hey, you can probably catch, right? And he was like, sure. Because, and now he's an above he's an above average defensive catcher. That's so stupid. It's incredible. I just don't understand it. But they provided not only quality defense, less quality lesser quality defense than Austin Hedges to be fair, but mm-hmm. an offense yeah. that was above average and still above average defense. So well more than made up for it. So both those two, uh, Preller making just great moves across the board. Um, it's just, yeah, that was, yeah, that was one of my surprise 
surprises as well. And I mean, we talked to we talked about the other two and Eric Hosper and Will Myers. Uh, not to mention Manny Machado being Manny Machado again. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he wasn't bad last year, he wasn't great. He no, was just he, kinda, he, was, he was average. He was, a, he was a serviceable player last year. He was a good third baseman, as he always is. But his offensive numbers could have been better. And then this year, he just he went off. Was Manny Machado? Yeah, he was Manny Machado. He didn't again. even go off. He was just Manny Machado, which is like saying something because Manny Machado is a very very, 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 very good baseball player. Yeah, 100%. And so if Manny Machado is playing like he normally does, you're going to get production out of him. Yeah. You're going to get production out of the earlier parts of your lineup that are hitting in front of him, and you're going to get production behind him. Yeah, 100%. And, and so the Padres are probably my third biggest surprise this year. I have, as my second biggest surprise, two teams because they both performed well over, I think, what they were expected to do. I wish they both would have made the World Series this year. I don't think either of them are going to. One of them's definitely not going to because they didn't make the playoffs. But the Orioles went from some pundits had them winning seven games this year. Don't call them pun. Don't even. <laughs> don't even do that shit. The, everyone. Everyone was like, will the Orioles win 10 games this year? When they get to double digits? It's not a matter of any being stupid for having that opinion. Even though you're an Orioles stan, I get it. But let's be real. You absolutely thought they, they were not going to win shit this year, and they won 25 games. They won 25 fucking games. They, they didn't make the playoffs, which is fair. They're in the AL East. You have the Yankees and the not Blue to mention Bays playing all the East teams, the Tampa Bay Rays yeah. and the Red Sox, <laughs> um, who actually the Red Sox finished last this year in the AL East, which is you know just a little bonus. Uh, but the O's were head and shoulders above what like they won three times as many games as people expected them to. If if every other team did that, most of those teams would be. 60 win teams in a 60 game season the the orioles went from are they going to win you know 15 percent of their games to are they going to make the playoffs this year are they going to uh, compete next year and the year after and i mean you had people that went crazy i mean ryan mountcastle when he was called up who's probably the best hitter in the American League from the time that he was called up to to the end of the season. He only played 20 games, yeah. but but he was going crazy. I mean, you have Anthony Santander, who was a legitimate MVP candidate at the beginning of the season before he got hurt. Jose Iglesias, who somehow had a 160 wins run created plus. Um, yeah, that Jose Iglesias. Uh you had catchers, you know, Pedro Severino, Francisco that were producing. You had infielders, Renato Nunez, Hanser Alberto had Hanser Alberto destroys left-handed pitching. There was not, I would say, a weak spot in the offensive side of that ball game once everybody was called up. Pitching still needs some work. You have okay starting pitchers. You know, you have Keegan Aiken and Means. Uh, Means. You have the, the Israeli dude. Um, Crap. Wow. I, yeah, I know. I'm awful. Dean Kramer, mm-hmm. uh, who all three of the – well, John Means pitched okay. He was injured for most of the season. Dean Kramer and Keegan Aiken played incredible. They pitched like three or four games each. Both of them only allowed a couple of earned runs, had 
great strikeout rates, low walk rates. Uh, they get hit hard very well. And so you have those two pitchers that came up and made an impact. And then you have pitchers like uh, D.L. Hall and Rodriguez that are in the minor league system that will come up in a year or two. And Adley Rutschman, who I don't even know what they're going to do with him at this point because they have two great catchers behind the plate. Well, now. Let's, not, let, let, let's not go that far, all right? Adley well, Rutschman, when he comes up, is still going to be the primary catcher. All right, that's just, that's just, that's yeah. not a question. I, yeah, they need they need to build their bullpen, which is hard to do for a small market team. Um, let's not forget they had Andrew Miller at one point in time, though, uh, and they did trade away a lot of of good pieces. They traded away a lot of their bullpen: Dick Blyer, um, Michael Givens, Pedro Castro, the, like a lot of these players that were thought of to be people that they were going to hold on to. They traded for prospects and PTBNL. Um, but it worked. And one of the players that they traded was traded to my other team that is number two on my list of surprises. Dick Lyer went to the Miami Marlins, who were also projected to win like 10 games this year and are now in the expanded playoffs. See, I didn't think they were going to win 10. I thought they would win like 18. Still not good, but nowhere and that's the thing they didn't really have one single player that stood out they just played good baseball their pitching produced their hitting produced when it needed to they played bad teams yeah well they yeah they definitely they definitely so there's the flip side of playing the east because obviously because of covid teams stayed within their division so the east stayed within the east both nationally and american league so marlins faced the phillies bullpen constantly mm-hmm. so that was they and faced the orioles the, and the red sox the red sox who are terrible they faced the nationals who were terrible although still nationals. started the still started the year i think 19 and 31 again and then went on <laughs> a little bit of a tear to finish the season but um which is hilarious yeah, because now that's like apparently their identity. Nineteen and thirty-one is the new twenty-eight and three. Yeah, exactly. So I, it's, yeah, it, it's beneficial and it's not because you also have to face the Rays more. You have to face the Yankees more. Um, you have to face the Blue Jays more. But I see, I had I, I had the Blue Jays as a surprise a little bit. I did too. I did too. <laughs> I really thought the Blue Jays were going to do well this year. I mean, you have. Vlad Guerrero, and you have uh, Bobichet. Although he was Bo hurt Bichette. for yeah, he was hurt for the most of the year. I Dante Bichette. Um, wrong, wrong one. But you know, <laughs> but the the Blue Jays played really well this year. Um, they have a good, they have a good young position core. But the mm-hmm. problem is they don't have, and they have Nate Pearson, but they don't have. They don't have a pitching core. They don't. They have one pitcher that they can probably carry with them into the future. The rest of them are aging or past their prime. Ryu um, was great though. Ryu was great. Taiwan Walker yeah, continued yeah. to exceed his expected stats. Uh, good for him. Uh, Matt Shoemaker is a game one starter in the wild card series, which makes no fucking sense to me. Why only <laughs> you wouldn't start Ryu and end up being one and zero instead of potential easy an easier potential of being zero and one. That so that's fucking whatever. But I've never understood that. I'll say that right now. I I if don't get a, have your you best pitcher pitch. Have him pitch. I, it's the same fucking thing with the Braves last year and not having oh Mike gosh. Soroka start game one. Why would you not have your ace 
pitch an extra game. It makes no fucking sense. Like, oh, Even well, the road stats. four or five innings, you're having your best pitcher throw four or five innings rather than somebody who is not your best pitcher. Right, and, and the thing is, four or five innings. and the thing is, Fulton Evich pitched great that first game, but would you rather have Soroka pitch great and then Fulty pitch great and maybe being up 0-2 and then... You know, you're down 0-1, you have an off day, and then have Soroka pitch again versus having Fultonevich pitch again and then give up eight runs without getting out of the first. Like, let's what, just do. It's let's just... just go back to two-man bullpens, two-man rotations, Cy Young, and whoever Cy Young's partner was in the early 1900s. I can't even think about who it was, but Cy Young and Cy Young. That's who should be pitching. So Soroka should start every game for the Braves. Uh, <laughs> well, our our good old boy. Bauer wants to do that, or he wants to pitch on three or four days rest every every single start next year, which I, I mean, mean, good for him. Like he and he trains that way. I mean, that's what you see. He throws every third day at drive line, which is, I mean, if he could do it, can you imagine the extra value that would bring though? If you had like a Cy Young caliber pitching instead of thirty two games plays, pitching, that that plays forty games instead of thirty two. Like forty, I think it. I think it results in forty. Five or forty-six starts, and then your fifth guy only has to start twenty-two games. Your fourth guy has to start twenty-nine. Your third guy and your second so guy start the, roughly third the and same. Third and second are probably still going to start thirty or thirty-two games. Right, but that like that extra value, like if someone could do it, would be so fucking immense. Like if he could sustain success. So they, I would, they, I would like to see it. I would. Yeah, the only problem would be how that would mess up the rotation because you would not be able to go. One two three four. One two three five. One two three four. One two three five. With that, with that system, you would have to, you you know, one two three four. One two five three four. One five two three. You would mess up your rotation, and I, you know, rhythm is something that's important in the game of baseball. Trevor Bauer doesn't need rhythm, but who knows? Some pitchers on the Cincinnati Reds might need a set rhythm starting every fifth game. Right. And that would be hard to do with a situation like that where one of your players is starting every fourth game. You are literally, every 20 games at least, going to have to flip up your rotation. Yeah. And it'll be interesting. Well, next year he's a free agent. He's dedicated to only signing one-year contracts. Yeah. So I will... He's he's always said he's going to sign one-year contracts for the rest of his career. Which is... Which is actually really fucking smart because he's, he would be the type of guy to benefit from it because he'd get paid more in the short term. And then if he, he continues to produce, he's going to continue to get paid more instead of locking mm-hmm. into a long-term deal on lesser money because he's already 31. I would – I am so conflicted about I don't – as a person, I really just don't like him. But he's a good baseball player. He's a good baseball player, and he does good things for the game of baseball. And provides, he, he increases – awareness of sabermetrics communities which is great um he you know he gives i guess you could call it a personality to the game of baseball if you call a personality getting butt hurt and throwing a ball over center field uh which i still think was probably one of the most childish things i've ever seen in my life i I yeah it was but it was so fucking funny i thought that was hilarious what when that happened i mean obviously he got fined uh, I don't think he got suspended. I know he got fined, but MLB had something to market. Yeah. And they marketed the shit out of that, which I think is hilarious. They market things that they fine and suspend players for. Right. I can never, I have never seen them not show a video of a benches clearing brawl that they've suspended five players and fined them 
quarter of a million dollars for. Oh, 100%. It's just, it's, um, it's, it's dumb. But if the MLB can market it, who the fuck cares? Um, now, we went off on a tangent there. I mean, the Marlins are good. The Orioles are good. My number one surprise this year, I, I, I don't, I don't think I was surprised that they made the playoffs or that they were a good team. I was just surprised at how quickly it came together. And that's the White Sox, who in two years have basically gone from bottom dwellers of the AL Central to, like, a legitimate candidate for the AL championship series. Like, they they went from we are not a good baseball team to – trading away all of their prospects or, or trading away their, their number one pitcher for a bunch of prospects and then taking all of those failed Red Sox prospects and turning them into a legitimate American League contention team. You have, you know, Yoan Mankata who probably hasn't been living up to exp- expectations but is still a very good baseball player and he's been and he himself has said he's been struggling with his symptoms from covid still and then the last week he kind of went off and was like Mm -hmm. i feel great best i felt all year and so that's promising you have dane Dane dunning has been the results haven't showed it but he's been really good even though his era may not uh say that um jose abreu jose abreu going off tim anderson going off Louis Ro- Lucas Robert, Giolito. Lucas Giolito being Giolito again. Louis Robert definitely hasn't hit for a while, but he still provides plus-plus defense. Mm-hmm. Um, he just needs to figure out how not to swing at literally every They're, pitch. They've got they've got pitching prospects too. That I mean, I uh, mean they still have they still have Kopech. Yeah, Kopech is. I you have to worry about injury concerns with Kopech, which you're going to worry about with any pitcher that's fucking 105 miles per hour. Um, but. Regardless of that, you have pitching prospects in your system. You probably need to get a power-hitting outfielder to, to kind of round out your lineup If because really the only person I can see on that team being legitimate power threat is Jose Abreu, which is... is well, hold up. There's there's Louis Robert. There's I mean, Eloy, Tim, Eloy Jimenez. I, I Jose Abreu, I mean, Tim I Anderson, Yohan Moncada, Grandol. I have 20 home runs a season. I can see Robert and Jimenez hitting 20 home runs, maybe 30 home runs a season. I'm talking about a guy who can go out, give you an awful batting average of like 235 and hit 45 or 50. But that's miles. why they have Edwin Encarnacion. And, and yeah, he'll. But he'll like, do you really? But do you really home. need that stud power hitter if everyone hits can hit 30 home runs? Because I th- I would I would I would actually present the opposite case where. A guy like Nick Madrigal is actually more mm-hmm. beneficial to that lineup because he has 18 hit. He had he finished the year with I think 18 or 19 hits with two strikes. Um, he is just like he just it's just a little. He reminds me of David Eckstein a little bit because he's small, he's scrappy, he just yeah. gets the job done. I think having a guy like that, other than rather than a just a pure whatever like shitty three outcome yeah, my power first hitter thought was is Nelson Cruz but well yeah but the thing is he's not that 230 guy he's just he, no. he's gotten better every single year with age is... like Nelson the fact Cruz he's going to so go like... into free agency and still get a fucking massive like two year 30 million dollar 35 million dollar deal because he's just so fucking good and he's like 42 years old 
He's 43 <laughs> years old. Like, I, I really want to see him play till he's 50 and then somehow make sneak into the Hall of Fame. That'd be fucking well, hilarious. I, I think he's probably got a... I wouldn't say right now. No, no, right not now. a Hall of Famer. Not but right maybe in two or three years, I really do think he's going to have a legitimate case for the Hall If of he fame. hits like he did this year... Yes. I would say... Year, or I would the year say, before, or the year before. I would say that he when he retires, if he hits like he has this year for another two years, he will get some down-ballot votes that might save him for one more year. But I think him starting off so late and then being a DH only will especially mm-hmm. hurt him because it took fucking Edgar Martinez, what, eight years to get in? And he was a DH earlier in his prime, and he was still a great hitter. And I think Nelson Cruz, being such a late bloomer, will... I, I think I think that wave is probably going to start coming soon. David Ortiz is going to make it into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, and David Ortiz was... A DH. You could consider Edgar Martinez a DH, but I think he played a lot of. I mean, I know he played a lot of his games at third base, and so a lot of people consider him a third baseman. David Ortiz is a DH. You cannot argue with anything other than that. You cannot say he was a first baseman. You cannot say he was a corner outfielder. You can't say he was a fucking shortstop. He was a DH. <laughs> there is no other position that man could play on the field. I don't care when he was younger. If they put him at first base. He did not play first base. He was a DH, and he played that position better than anybody has ever played that position before. Yeah, I, and I, I agree. So I, I, I really think in two or three years, I think Nelson Cruz has like 430 home runs, or 400-something home runs. Something like and that. so, like, you know, there aren't a lot of them left, but there are still some voters who see 500 home runs, and they're like, okay, that's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, well. My dad's one of those people. Uh, you know, 500 home runs, 300 wins. That's a Hall of Famer to me. Oh, God. Well, yeah. I don't think any pitcher's uh, getting to 300, uh, 300 wins anytime. Anytime soon. No, I don't think anybody's probably ever going to get 300 wins ever again. It's just, yeah, no. There's. I, Closest I, is like Verlander, and he has like 220. Yeah, I don't think, going forward, I think we're going to see a lot more 200 win pitchers going in. Much like DeGrom. Uh, and Felix Hernandez, although I really wish... Scherzer's probably going to go in. Yeah. I think... And what really... Yeah, what really sucks about... I was just thinking about this the other day. Felix Hernandez, so he... He gets a shot on the Braves, right? Maybe be a mm-hmm. bullpen guy. Maybe resurrect his career um, a little bit. Uh, maybe get a second wind. And then all of a sudden... And then COVID hits, and he's like, no, I'm opting out. Which really sucks. <laughs> But it, it makes sense. He's an older pitcher. Not older, older. I really think he's he, only like 33 years old. I think he's 32? I could be, I, 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 I could be, I could uh, be wrong on that, but... He's a super nice guy. Uh, he, I went and saw him at spring training the last year he was with the Mariners. And everybody 34. was following Ichiro. Everybody was following Ichiro because that was supposedly going to be his last season. Uh, then he, you know, got traded and whatnot. Uh, everybody was following him, and Felix Hernandez was just fucking sitting in the dugout on a chair, just like propped up with his hands behind his head, just like legs kicked up. Like I don't gotta fucking worry about anybody asking me to sign a baseball today, I guess. And so I just looked over him, like, "Hey, Felix, you sign anything today?" And he goes, "Absolutely not." <laughs> and he signed a baseball for me. He. he shot the shit a little bit. I mean, he is one of those guys that I sincerely think is a, one of the probably few actually decent people in baseball. 
you see people doing good things and stuff like that. But I really think he's one of those people that is just an overall good person. Yeah. Like, I don't, he's never done anything. I, I don't have anything negative to say against him other than maybe his pitching stats two years ago. Yeah, his pitching stats the last three years that he was in Seattle were pretty abysmal. But it is what it is. Um, okay, so we don't have a lot of time left. We've been talking. I want to go through the playoffs and see who you oh, Okay, yeah, pick. for sure, 100%. Okay, Tampa Bay, Toronto. Tampa Bay. I chose Tampa Bay as well. Cleveland, New York. Cleveland. Okay, I went New York. Uh, I mean, they, they really could go it's either It's the way. starting pitching. It's, it's just... Yeah. Minnesota, Houston. Minnesota. <clears throat> okay, I went Houston. Again, probably could still go either way. Uh, Interesting. Oakland, Chicago. <sighs> if Chicago <laughs> hits, Chicago. I chose Chicago, too, solely based on that. Um, L.A., Milwaukee? L.A. No. No, not Milwaukee. Yeah, no. <laughs> LA, uh, especially with Burns hurt. Uh Who's who's playing St. Louis again? San Diego. Say, oh yeah, San Diego, hundred percent. Interesting. Cubs, Marlins. See, I want to say Cubs, but the top guys aren't hitting. I'm gonna do. An, I'm gonna say an upset, and I'm gonna do the Marlins. I said Marlins too, and then Reds, Braves. Uh, Braves. I think. I said so. We have the exact same National League. Uh, we had two different in the American League. You, you think really think Houston? You really think Houston is gonna fucking win? Really? Yeah. And then I think the Yankees are gonna win, and I think the Houston Astros are probably gonna win against the Yankees too. I there's no chance. There's no chance. They don't have the starting rotation, and they don't even have the bullpen for it. Not to mention I, Altuve can't hit, uh, and Correa hasn't hit really this year either. And then Springer, Springer's actually done well, and Bregman's been hurt most of the year, but when he's now he's doing well. But like, but there's no chance. There's who no do chance. you have winning the American League then? Uh, it's either gonna. Uh, I really think it's either gonna be, it's either gonna be Cleveland or it's gonna be the Rays. I I have the Rays winning the American League total. Like it's, it's I have gonna the Rays going to the it's World Series, and we probably have the same team going in the National League too. Yeah, it's going to be LA. I yeah, the Dodgers are going to destroy everybody in their path. Yeah, I'm surprised that we actually had the same picks for the National League. Uh, yeah, I have. I actually have the Braves winning over Miami, and then Los Angeles beating San Diego, uh, and then Los Angeles beating the Braves, and then Los Angeles beating the Tampa Bay Rays for the World Series. Yeah, I think I, I think, I think that's it's right. the the Dodgers year, um, and then nobody's gonna care because it was only sixty games. yeah, <laughs> but they're definitely gonna care though. It's just it's just gonna be one of those things. If the Dodgers win, it's just gonna be like, oh, you couldn't oh, win. They, they've lost the last three fucking years, but now they can win the season sixty games, huh? And the tough thing is they t- played against two cheating teams, and it's like, yeah, yeah. were they cheating they as well? Every major league team probably is to some extent, but not nowhere near. Especially that, which... like the the Red Sox probably cheated. Oh, they, well, they did. A little, well, yeah. a, a little bit more than the Dodgers probably did. The Astros straight up cheated them out of a World Series. Yeah, like there there was a report that said the Red Sox did it during the regular season and then were cautious and didn't do it during the postseason. You know who who knows if that's true? Who knows what the Red Sox did? Only the Red Sox did. Yeah, the Houston Astros straight up were. Just... 
cheating throughout the entire season and throughout the entire postseason and took games away from not only like took series away from not only the Dodgers but the Yankees and basically every other team that they played against nobody was going to beat that you can't beat a team that knows what's going to come yeah no it's just I mean could it have gone different I mean had they not been cheating would they still would have won I mean they're a great team there's a chance yeah there's a chance but it's no it's not it's just not the same and and we know that but um but now that I I really do think they've got a lid on that thing now I I don't see any evidence of any team doing that anymore um unless the Dodgers are really fucking good at it which I don't think they are because if they if a report came out that the Dodgers were cheating it would end them it would absolutely end them they would I I would not be they wouldn't go bankrupt because baseball teams don't go bankrupt. I would not be surprised if basically everybody in their fan base left because they talked so much shit, rightfully so, over the last two years about losing to cheating baseball teams. Mm-hmm. And if they get caught cheating, nothing that they ever say will be taken seriously anymore. Yeah, no, it would just it would just be hell, and I and that would really suck for guys like Kershaw and guys like Betts. Um, it, it would. It would ruin their legacies. Kershaw, Betts, uh, I mean, to a lesser extent, players that were on the teams when they were in the playoffs race, like Manny Machado. Um, like, all of those players would, you know, how long has this been going on? Are their NL championships tainted? Yeah. Like, there's just no upside to cheating at this point in baseball anymore. No. Other than, you know, the normal relaying signs when you're on second base which and, i think is you know, perfectly using, using pintar while on the mound which now trevor bauer is clearly doing yeah trevor bauer is definitely using something to increase his spin rate because yeah. literally last year he said the only way you can increase your spin rate is by cheating with while maintaining the same velocity yeah while is... maintaining the same velocity is cheating and now he is maintaining the same velocity and increasing his spin rate like fucking 500 rpms yeah like that's that's just it all right I think I'm going to go get some stuff done. This has been a very successful episode. Of yes, and I have podcast. saved it multiple times. So <laughs> look at that. Take two was great. Uh, we will definitely have to do another one later in the season. Shout out to the fucking NC Dinos who are like fucking 30 games over 500 right now. Are they? I haven't been paid. I, I see, their, yeah, they're I like see them on Instagram. 71 and 52. <laughs> and I am growing closer and closer every day, worried about getting a swole daddy tattoo. <laughs> yes. Oh man! Every time I see them win on Instagram, like swole daddy. I uh, I don't get to choose the location though, or the size. So it could be something like really small in an undisclosed location. So no, you know, I, I'm if I get a swole daddy tattoo, my girlfriend and Nova and I have both already talked about it. We're going to get swole daddy tattoos basically anyway. Um, Fuck yes. but we'll, we'll, it'll be big enough that people can see. It. I'm not going to put it on my arm or anything, but probably the back of my leg or my calf or something like that. So people can walk by and be like, what the fuck is that on the back of your leg? <laughs> oh, are you not cultured enough to know what swole daddy is? Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah. Have, have, do you have time to hear about our, our Lord and savior swole daddy? <laughs> Because I certainly fucking do. Okay, this this has been a very successful episode. It as has long been. as your computer does not crash again. No, nope, I, I have saved connected. it just now. This there is no crashing. 
apps unlo- well i do have like 20 tabs open so this might not end <laughs> well but we'll figure that i'll figure that out yeah uh thank you guys for listening very much to the curious baseball podcast if you are ever so inclined go like our facebook page on curious baseball follow aaron plotsky on twitter at a underscore a underscore ron some numbers 87 87 uh follow me on twitter at at not brandon hyde and at Trevor Mitch Wyatt, I think maybe Trevor M Wyatt, one of the two. Something, something like that. If yeah. you're this, if you're this far, you're probably following both of us or one of us at this point. Honestly. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll see you around. We'll probably record a podcast sometime during the postseason. To see sometime what's going soon, on. yeah. When I have my uh, my uh, couple week, two week hiatus off of work, I think. Yeah, and uh, whenever I get off work and we do all the stuff, we'll be back at it. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys have a wonderful evening, day, afternoon, time of current day (laughs) and for date here. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. There we go. Fuck with them boys, shut your body. Little mama just one pocket.